This is the big picture, Michael Jablonski, and you're listening to the Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling Podcast. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Gentlemen, welcome to Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling. I'm Dean Hill. See you at ringside. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for coming to another episode of Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling. I mean, you didn't really come over here. I mean, you turned it on. But- There's going to be no mistake in what's going to happen. I'm going to come on you like nobody's ever come on you before. I'm coming there to come on you in no uncertain terms. Just you and I in the middle of that square circle, getting it on like two men should do. This is where men are men, and the boys stay on the side and watch what's going on. You get my point. I don't know what I'm even saying at this point. I am now dangerous Dan Colley. Thank you. And that is the professor jimmy bad street yes and thank you to dean hill you all have may have heard the commercial we did on either our social media pages youtube the live and in color with wolfie d podcast has been running the commercial now all the places that you might hear a commercial you probably have heard that we now have a commercial and the beautiful deep dulcet tones of dean hill the legendary louisville gardens ring announcer the ovw ring announcer back in the day of all the guys that are now hollywood stars that guy did the commercial for us and the cool thing was is i I sent him this copy that i wanted him to read and it was you know the trio of dan collie the professor jimmy street and the plastic chic so dean sent me the one that read exactly like i wrote it then the second one he read it but added dangerous dan collie i was like that's it that's the one i mean yeah i can't argue with I, I, I'm being named. First of all, you're not supposed to give yourself a nickname. Right. So I couldn't give myself a nickname. So to get a nickname given to me by someone who has interacted with legends, you know, right. Um, right. Uh, yeah. Hogan and, and rock, uh, uh, Leviathan. Hey, do you know who the Leviathan was back then? Yeah. In OVW? Yeah. 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 Uh, one Dave Batista, yeah. uh, uh, Cena or the prototype. Um, and even one, and if you say his name three times, he shows up like the candy man, Andre, the giant, I believe. Yeah. He, he met him first as his uh, head of security at the Louisville gardens, but then he also ring announced for Andre and Dean. If you haven't seen Dean, Dean is probably like six, five, six, six easy. And he said that Andre at the time would have been in the late seventies. He said, Andre was seven foot two because he could tell because he had played basketball. I think he said he played some basketball in Louisville. He had been near seven footers and he knew for a fact that Andre was that tall. The thing about Andre was everything was just massive. His hands is, I mean, he was a solid human being, not like a basketball player. Jimmy. Yeah. Everything was huge. 
I mean, I I have only heard his yeah. by <laughs> <laughs> I have to talk to you off the air for we got some suggestions from a listener about the uh, Andre. Um, okay, talk about that afterwards. Can we but yes, start Andre, up a cameo? Maybe, <laughs> maybe Andre was uh, yeah. I mean that was seven two shoot. Yeah, that was legit. I mean, he was legit as big yeah. as he was portrayed on television well such yeah yeah dean told us a story that was off air that he said he had the opportunity to have seen that but he did not want to be the guy to get caught because <laughs> apparently andre got out of the shower and he would just sit down in a steel chair like a, a folding chair but naked like on the entryway, like near the mezzanine at the Louisville sure. Gardens. Yeah, sure. And, it's Andre. Right, exactly. I mean. Exactly. And so he said, I would always close up the Louisville Gardens and, you know, the guys would shower and not all of them would rush out the door. And he said, I had a chance. I could have, you know, meet gazed him, but I didn't. So he was like, you know what? I'm so tempted. But at the same time, I don't want to be the one guy caught doing that. So, yeah, uh, that, uh, yeah, uh, we're, we're going to talk a little bit um, about professional wrestling with a professional wrestler later in this episode. But let's not talk about me gazing. Let's let's not do that. I've had a rough I, I had a rough week when it comes to stuff wanna... like that. All right, so for lunch Monday, we went to a restaurant to eat. I went to go use the public restroom. The door was unlocked. It was a single seater, and I got to see a man on the throne. Oh, no! In the throes, huh? <laughs> on the throne. Throes, yeah. Oh, man. And, and what made it worse was we made eye contact. One of the biggest subdivisions I've ever seen. Yeah. I've had a rough week, Jimmy. Jimmy, I need I'm therapy s- now. I'm sorry, man. So you made eye contact, and this one eye contact never mind well i mean jimmy i watched i watched the grown man shit jimmy you violated me (laughs) all right so we've got mike jablonski on the show i don't know how we can go from that other than just a hard left here so yeah we've got mike jablonski you know i thank goodness it wasn't hard yeah, there you go. And I will say this. <laughs> we, I did this show for you. Mike came to me and he said, if you ever want to talk, you know, about new stuff on a podcast. And I said, okay. And I was like, you know what? Dan really likes new stuff. I don't really care as much uh, about the specifics of the new stuff. Dan is an expert at it. So let's bring Mike on, you know, like a three man booth here, basically. Like essentially we are like sports casters on ESPN or something like that. We kind of talk about current life. We call it current affairs on another podcast I do, but at the same time, just the current status of wrestling, uh, you know, the big picture right now as, as things are. So that's what led me to want to bring Mike on. Yeah. I think that's, you know, where we're at. So. All right, well, let's let's take a break, and, and when we come back, let's throw him on here with us. Uh, I won't tell him that I saw a man poop, and uh, we can talk about current wrestling, and you yeah. can drift off thinking about headlock takeovers and yeah, and uh, well, hey, go behinds. Jericho wait. did throw a fireball. Yeah, 
That was Lawler. And it was a good fireball. I right. got to give him props. But yeah. before we go, by the way, thank y'all for listening to Body Slam. And hopefully, Tubi saw a bump in their numbers for the watch along. If they didn't, sorry. But at the same time, we do do appreciate you guys listening to that we had a lot of fun doing it we'll look into doing more of those in the future you know honestly the way that i look at it is is all things are on the table here at the give me back my pro Mm -hmm. wrestling podcast you know so and and if if you did not like that particular type of show let us know let us know what you like what you want to listen to get on the facebook get on the socials and contact us so it's a two-way street here so we know what you want to listen to if you don't want to listen to xyz we won't do those you know like that right. so i mean we still might but yeah yeah, we, yeah i mean yeah probably. at the end of the day it's our pod screw. uh <laughs> but but no jump on there let us know what you humanoids want to hear and we will try to do more of that yeah yeah although we may I, he'll turn you and just do something different too though exactly exactly but I liked where you were going, Dan. We'll be right back with Mike Jablonski. Hey, guys, this is Wolfie D from PG-13. Check out my podcast, Live and in Color, with Wolfie D every Monday at noon. We're talking Memphis. We're talking ECW, WCW, WWF, everywhere that I've been. We even have some great guests, some Hall of Famer on the show with us. Every Monday at noon, Live and in Color with Wolfie D. This is Charlie with Give Me Back My Action Movies. And Dan. Join us every two weeks as we dive into the classic action movies of the 80s and 90s. That's right, Charlie. But we also take a look at some of the current films out there that still has those nostalgic feels for us. Exactly. So make sure you find us on all your major podcasting platforms. And check us out over on Facebook. We have a group where the conversation's always going 24-7. We're having a good time. I think so. I'll be back. All right, everyone. Thanks for coming back. And we have a special guest with us in this segment for this episode, a friend of Jimmy's. See, I, I knew, I knew I liked you for a reason, Jimmy, you get to bring all these friends on. That, that's nice. It helps. Friends are nice. <laughs> yeah. I actually, uh, I, I had met some, uh, professional wrestlers at one time, you know, different times, but I didn't actually know any professional wrestlers. And, uh, with talking to Mike, I guess I can say I know two now. Yeah. And a manager. Yeah. You're climbing the ladder, man. I know. If I can just get a ref now, I'll, I'll be able to knock it all out. Anyway, let's get to our guest instead of a yapping over here. Mike Jablonski. Mike, how are you, bud? Man, I'm good. Uh, Dan, no complaints. Just hanging out. Want to discuss some wrestling. Yeah. Yeah, we, yeah, that's we we're, we're fans of wrestling here. Uh, that is, you know, the funny thing. Okay, Mike, where are you from? I'm uh, originally from uh, Mount Juliet, Tennessee. Uh, now reside in uh, Hitman County, Centerville, Tennessee. Okay. Then yeah, I, I I could tell that voice. You weren't from Boston. Yeah, no, not at all. Not from Boston. Boston. <laughs> yeah, 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 from Boston. Now, so, so here's the funny part: is Jimmy has a little twang. He's from from Virginia. You have a twang. You're from Tennessee. I don't. I'm from Kentucky. Yeah. So we're all from that side of the the country, but I'm the only one. It sounds like this. I mean, dialect's a weird thing, man. It just because <laughs> you know, just because you're from the south doesn't necessarily mean you get it. I, I you know. Right. That's very true. I mean, I, I remember I lived down there where, uh, for about a year or so from where Jimmy's from, and I worked on uh, local radio, 
And everyone would come up to me and they'd be like, hey, where are you from? You talk funny. And I'm like, actually, my family's from about an hour of that direction. And they're like, are you serious? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, why don't you sound like us? And I'm like, because I haven't lived there for a long, long time. I want to tell you. But uh, yeah, it's, it's. Well, there's always hope. I still say taters and wash. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's get into some pro wrestling. Jimmy, you said you have a list. Do you want to, you want to be the mediator then? Uh, You mediate, you know? All right. So, so Mike, I just want to talk to you this first thing, buddy. I want to kind of tell the funny story about how we met. So we were working an event at this promotion that I was working for. It was called NWA main event. And, was this like a a large event? Like a do you remember exactly? Was this the one with? It was kind of like a bigger event that several different promotions came together on. And I, this is when I met Mike because Mike was not a regular at NWA main event. He liked to get paid to work, and <laughs> yeah, so there. so Mike would uh, would come in on certain special events, and that's how I would meet him. And so we. for some reason we got paired together. I think you, maybe you were tagging with either Plunky or Dyron. You may remember all this better, but I remember you were very cool to me and you called a spot and you iggied me like 35 times (laughs) and I missed the iggy 36 times. And I finally got there and you were like in the back. I said, so man, how'd I do? And you're like, well, it sucked. But here's how it could be better. And you were like actually cool enough to to not only be honest with me, which a lot of people, if they didn't care, they would have just been like, yeah, kid, it was great. Get out of my face. But at the same time, you were like, yeah, it sucked. But here's how it could have been better. Do you remember a little bit? I know we talked about this in the past, but I know you remember the time. But do you remember a little more about the event we were working, Mike? I think it was the benefit that they did for Charm and Charles when he was having some health issues, if I'm not mistaken. And I'd known That's it. for a long time and, and, and really, you know, everybody, everybody's been in the locker room with Charm and Charles, loves Charm and Charles. Um, oh yeah, totally. And that, that was why I was there. And I don't remember the particulars. I want to say, um, I want to think that it was something, I think, obviously I was involved because you wouldn't be telling the story if I wasn't, but, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> and Darren Flynn, I think we're involved in that and the part and somebody, somebody else. And that, that escapes me. But, um, yeah, man, like I was blessed to be, you know, kind of taken under the wing of Quentin charisma when I, I first about a, two years or so into the business and Quentin was very outspoken. And if you mess something up or you, uh, if you were, for lack of a better term, I, if you were the drizzling shits, he was going to let you know. But right. he always told you what you could do to improve things, and um, that was just something that really stuck with me. If 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 you're going out there and you've because you can always learn what to do or what not to do. Like you can learn, you can learn just as much from a bad match as you can from a good match because if. Honestly, you learn more from bad matches because if everything's good, like you, you don't fall down on your right. face, understand what works and what doesn't. So yeah. like that was just something that Quentin imparted upon me, you know, like you start working with somebody and, you know, you, you cause I never would have thought that I would be on a level to, to be able to critique anybody at that point. But like just the things that he critiqued to me along the way is like, you just, you always help 
those around you because the more that those around you learn and the better they get, the more people you got to work with. Right, right, exactly. Uh, you know, Mike, because honestly, we we worked a couple other times together, at, at, and you're right, it was benefits. I know we worked another event down in Columbia, I think, or Lewisburg, I can't remember. Anyway, we worked around there somewhere another time or two. But the funny thing was, is I don't know why, but you know when you were really green? I remember when you were green, Mike, and you were first in the business, and you were like looking around this locker room, and you know, most of the guys are doing their own thing, going over their own match, whatever, but you would kind of want to, I don't know, catch the gaze of a vet. And I know you don't like being called that, but I'll call you that. You kind of want to catch the gaze of a vet. Maybe, okay, will he talk to me just for five seconds? Now it worked out. You and I were in a match together and that helped me out a bit there. But at the same time, you know, you were always cool to talk to me like that, man. So I always appreciated that. So, well, man, uh, said, I, you know, I appreciate you saying that, but like, at the end of the day, like I'm, I'm a man just like, you know, anybody else. And, and like, man, if I don't talk to you, I, if I don't talk to you or somebody that knows what they're doing, doesn't talk to you, then you, you know, it, it doesn't benefit the business. It doesn't benefit anybody if they're not getting the knowledge that they need to, to pass along to the next generation. You know, I do, I, I work predominantly for uh, pro wrestling mid-south out in um dyersburg and ripley tennessee for um for them and a lot of the young kids that they have that you know are in training or or have graduated training that are that are new and wet behind the ears and this is another piece of advice that quentin gave me just on this topic but um don't don't be intimidated or scared to work with the veterans because they are they know what they're doing. Be intimidated to, and scared to work with these backyard MFs that know <laughs> what they're doing and will really hurt you and not have any idea who, right. what, where, or why, or why it happened. You know, like you just you, it you can't be. You get in there with people and like you need to be on you need to get in there with people that have been there and know what they're doing so that you can be there and know what you're doing is is what I'm trying to say, I guess. Yeah, I, I've always yeah. heard yeah. that you get better by working with people that are better than you. Yeah, That's the only way yeah. you can get better. Absolutely. So I've got three topics I want to bring up. Other than that, I'm going to let Dangerous Dan talk mostly here as far as the topics. But I have three things. So my first topic is is not related to any promotion other than Jim Crockett promotions, basically. So all, all of us have heard that Ric Flair has announced he's going to do his final match in Nashville at the fairgrounds. And I'm I'm going to rant about something really quick because – what I think is sad about the situation is not about Flair wrestling because he's his own man. He can probably still go and not have an issue other than you know, being a little slow in the ring. What I don't like is essentially this crew of podcasters that are former legends that really aren't tied to Nashville are coming to fill the fairgrounds the whole weekend and essentially kill any shows that could be existing in Nashville. So basically Nashville is the kind of city now that the local boys have to work their shoot jobs to afford to live in that city, to be a part of its independent scene. Whereas these guys that can come in on this big dollar budget and they get all the glory this weekend. Whereas in my opinion, it should be more, about 
about, you know, like back in the day when a, a city would have WrestleMania, you know, there would be a ton of indie shows around that weekend. There would be Ring of Honor probably as the the peak, but but at the same time, that would be about the largest show. And then you would have the, the feds show the Sunday night. I'm just ranting right now, but in this case, I feel like it sucks because how many local shows are going to be running during that time, Mike? Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm so far removed from being tapped into the Nashville scene. Yeah. And I, I get where you're coming from, but I have a counterpoint to that. Okay. Uh, we don't necessarily need to be worried about Starcast coming through and running a show and killing the, the, the area for the boys. We killed right. the area for the boys when these promoters that let these guys that are not properly trained get right. on shows and get in rings and, oh, I'll bring 15 or 20 people. Oh, well, that's great, kid. I'll bring, you know, bring them on. I'll put you in the ring. Yeah, but <laughs> these, these motherfuckers have been killing the business for as long as I can remember. Um, I broke in in 99. February of 99 was my first match. And it seems like it's gotten progressively worse with, oh, well, you, you bring 15 or 20 people and I'll put you in the ring. And yeah. then these promoters will expect the guys that are workers to, or, or, or actual talent to uh, shine a turd, basically. Yeah. And that, that's been killing the business long before Conrad Thompson um, decided to do StarCast in Nashville. Right. Uh, and honestly, as much as I hate to say it, the boys are responsible for it too because they keep doing the shit because the few yeah. of them getting paydays want to hang on to what we're getting. But honestly, some of these motherfuckers that don't belong should have had their ass whipped and been sent packing. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, being strictly from a fan perspective, uh, uh, like I am, I a hundred percent understand what you're saying, and. I agree. The fact that promoters are they bring on anybody if you can make them some money, because well, the promoter doesn't give a, a a damn if you go in there and hurt some other, you know, half trained, watch some YouTube videos, you know, kid, because he's not responsible for that. He doesn't care. He just made a hundred bucks off you bringing some people into the show. Yeah, uh, you know, and and, and he, he knows it's going to, like you said, be the drizzling shits. But it's okay because I pick somebody that's on the show, you know, is going to still put on a match or two that are, that's going to be watchable. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I know, I know exactly what you mean. And, and we have a couple of local promotions here in Columbus, Ohio, where I'm at, and we've gone to uh, a few local shows and I love, I love going to local shows, but you can, I don't know these promotions personally, but uh, for the most part, you can really tell the people that shouldn't be doing what they're doing. And I understand you have to get experience. You have to get reps. You have to get ring time to learn. But we went to a show a few years ago and watched a kid do a, 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 a suicide dive out, caught his feet and almost killed himself. I mean, yeah. almost just snapped his neck on the, on the, the floor of the gym. And you're just like, what are you, what are you doing kid? Uh, first of all, if you can't do the move, don't second of all, you're in a gym in like Newark, Ohio. Why are you trying to do a suicide dive? Especially if you haven't done 50 of them and you're comfortable with that. You know, you're not going WWE is not here 
is not going to see you do that and, and, and bring you in, you know, it's, it's so, so I get what you're saying for sure. It's hard to run the business when you have carny prom- promoters, just trying to make a buck. It, 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 I really hope that that hot dog and that handshake was worth it for that kid that about killed himself yeah. doing that suicide yeah. dive. Right. The, the kids that we have out of the, PWMS school, um, I tell them repeatedly, like you really, you only get so many bumps. Once you, once you check off all those bumps on that bump card, yeah, it's over with. So make the bumps that you do take mean something and don't do crazy stuff. If you're not a getting paid handsomely for it. Right. Right. Be on a national level that, will be seen to get you even more so handsomely paid in the future. Yeah. Because you only got so many bumps that you can take. And I'll be honest, like I'm mesmerized it by, you know, some of the stuff these younger kids can do, but it's like the law, the art form of selling is lost. Cause everybody it's, it's video game wrestling. They, they do the stuff that they see on these video games, these creators <laughs> and they, you know, create a move set and they string a whole bunch of stuff together. Like if some of it would be so good if they would just lay down and sell for a minute. Right. Everybody GMSI got to get my shit in. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. I, I was listening to a podcast. Uh, shout out to my friend uh, Nick White over at the Uncut Wrestling Podcast. He had an interview with Damian Wayne um, this this week that that he's posted, and Damian made a great point. He said, "I don't have shit to get in. I yeah. don't move set. It, it's it's all reaction. It's it's all feeling. It's making people believe in you and what you're doing." Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's such a lost art form. Damien's great, man, and he's like you. You know, he's he's a real deal, dude. You know, he he says it like he feels. You know, I don't want to just blame like you know WWE's product or the way that they do things necessarily. Don't want to put all the blame on them, but it's one of those things. Like you said, it's it's you see the high spots everywhere. Not even with them. I mean, the Indies circuit, obviously, a lot of high spot work, but. You know, with WWE, you see move sets. You know, you got you got your Siggies and you got your Finnies. What? You got to get all those. You know, you don't see, for example, an Orton match where he doesn't hit an RKO. He doesn't do the 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 power slam. He doesn't do four or five. You know, European uppercuts. He has to do all those things. It's almost like a plug and play situation. You know, you do this, I'll do this, you do this, I'll do this, you do this, let's go home. And I don't even know, and again, this is just from my perspective, I don't even know if it's the art of selling as much as it's the art of actually being a professional wrestler, hearing the crowd, knowing what to do, knowing how to elicit that response. I just think that a lot of these people coming through the systems now aren't being taught how to hear and how to let's face it. You manipulate the crowd. That's what you do as part of the job is you take them on a trip. You take them on a roller coaster. You take them up, you take them down, you move them around. You, you get your heat, you get your comebacks. That's what you're doing. These younger kids, I don't think are being taught that 
they're just being taught here's a headlock here's a drop kick here's a swanton whatever it is and they're seeing what they see on tv and that's what they want to do instead of being taught all right do you hear that yeah this is what you do now to elicit this reaction this is what you do to elicit that reaction to tell this story and i think that's almost where where the real disconnect is anymore yeah um some of the things that that are now finishers i i think the art of the cell has died with the art of all these finishers now have to be this or that you know dt's used to be a finisher now you, you take three of them you kick out who cares yeah well i mean ddt's are still a finisher um, right they should be absolutely because i'm a 340 pound man and if i grab you in a front chantry and i drop you square on your head with all of my body my centrifugal force of my body driving your body into the mat mm-hmm. you're, you're finished, finished. <laughs> so and but that's the thing too like you said though they won't sell that anymore you take a ddt like that no, and they pop up and you they kick out, yeah you kick out you pop up you run around and you do two uh two drop kicks yeah uh, it, it just you the you know they they just they don't like oh i gotta get my cool shit in there's no there's no emotional investment from anybody that's there in attendance that night but i gotta get my cool shit in yeah it, it's 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 um but nobody it, you're right yeah I'm, yeah that that's exactly it. It, it, it that part drives me nuts yeah. <laughs> Especially if you're 340, you're the catcher. What do you? You're the ones that kind of catch the whole all this the, the nonsense coming at you. Yeah. Speaking of nonsense, all right. I'm gonna say it. No, I don't care. Uh, Darby Allen, man, that jump. I'm sorry on free TV. I just you know kids trying to make a name. 190 pounds of you know misfits paint. I do say this. I do respect Darby, but at the same time, man, why would I don't know, bro. He did it to the guy that invented that stuff, but that guy was doing it on WrestleManias and stuff, not Wednesday nights. But I don't know. I just thought that was way too much of a bump to even be safely done. And again, I'm off my soapbox now. Mike, what did you think of that, man? I thought that was uh, okay. So I'm not going to sit here and shit talk Darby Allen because he is on a national stage. He's making more money than I have ever made in the business. Sure. He is more successful than I am. With yeah. that being said, that was the stupidest thing that he could <clears throat> on free TV. The whole, yeah. what we, the, the business is an attraction. People, people should, uh, you know, they should want to pay money to see, the crazy shit that you're going to do. Right. That something like that should have been on like, you know, they've got double or nothing. This, this, uh, the 29th. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not advocating that anybody jump off of anything and do anything to that nature. Cause for God's sakes, if you watch Jeff Hardy, um, walk to the ring all the way over all these years after he sacrificed his body, that should be a living diagram of why not to do that. But if you do that, get the company and yourself paid on the pay-per-view pop a buy rate. Right. Yeah. It's just not like that's, that's correct. Yeah. It was cool to look at. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The guy out of the can and the people have seen it. Yeah. Well, yeah. and that, you know, I, I get, I get wanting to do it because 
I would I would argue, and I don't know this for a fact, but I would argue that Jeff Hardy is a huge influence on Darby Allen and his work style. Obviously, oh, yeah, I'm sure. So yeah. you've got the opportunity to work a mentor idol type of character out there that you want to do. So, yeah, I get it. You want to do a, a crazy ass wonton and you want to do something cool like that. But like you said, just if you're going to insist on doing something, just go through a table for this one on, on yeah. live TV. And Seriously. maybe six months down the road, you and Jeff do that spot on, you know, on, on a, on a, uh, a major show. Yeah. And, you know, like you said, you've only got so many bumps you can take. I mean, look, like you said, look at Jeff, he's hobbling around now. Um, the same thing with like, uh, uh, um, uh, Brian Danielson, you know, I can't believe he still occasionally does that drop kick off the top rope when he just totally flat backs his, his neck is effed. What do you, you know, what are you doing, dude? I mean, you don't have to do that anymore. You were, especially in ring of honor and his indie work as the American dragon. Oh, you went out there and you kicked people. You, you, you um, stretched them, tied them up and kicked the crap out of them. You don't have to do that drop kick anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And sure as hell don't do a flying headbutt. Right. <laughs> Mike, you ever gone through a chair that way that he did? <laughs> oh, chair. I, I'm, I'm not familiar. I, I, they all, like I, I, the only reason that I saw the, the thing with Darby was because it was all over. Facebook. Right. I very rarely sit down and watch any kind of like, well, that's a lot. Every once in a while, every other week or so, like I'll, I'll watch dynamite while I'm doing my cardio on the elliptical, just kind of halfway have an idea of what's yeah. going on, but I haven't watched in the last two weeks. So, um, forgive me on that. They were, they were, uh, folding chairs folded out and basically making like a table with the seat part and the backs were kind of, it was kind of like a, 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 I don't know, like a weird coffin shape essentially where the way the seats were folded down and put inward. together. Yeah. Yeah. Inward. And then uh, Jeff was laying in the middle of those seats. There's like six or seven or I'm sorry, six or eight seats set up and the ladder was in the ring. So it was even more elevated and, Darby jumps, drops on Jeff, and the seats bent down <laughs> like a very, very large man bent those chairs, you know, by sitting down okay. instead of, yeah. yeah. I, I, I did say that. I, that's, that's okay. It just took me a second. Um, yeah. Well, I, I can remember not off the top of a ladder, so I'm, I'm not, I'm not having a, a, a measuring contest, but I can remember, um, Taking a choke slam. Um, do you remember Big Lone Star, Jimmy? Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, do. I can remember taking a choke slam from Lone Star um, on uh, six of those chairs that were facing each other, similar to that. Yeah. And, uh, that didn't feel the greatest, so I can only imagine <laughs> coming off the top of that tall ladder with the, you know, the the downforce and everything on top of it. Like I, I. You know, I'm again. I'm not shit talking because the guy's more successful than I have been up until this point. But um, like I said, you he, you got to know that his th in all of us really our throne is yet is nothing but a wheelchair. Right, you're right. Perfectly good body. When you step into that ring and you start doing this, you're yeah. taking 
perfectly good body and destroying it for for lack of a better explanation. Uh, Tracy Smothers used to say, you know, every every regular bump is the equivalent of being a, a twenty or twenty five mile per hour car accident. Yeah, like you just you're you're destroying yourself with every bump you take. So like, man, I get it. And, you know, Foley's got to be an inspiration for him. And, and Hardy is definitely an inspiration for him. Sure. But yeah. you just got to save those. You've got to save those big bumps for when people will pay to see them. That's better put than I could put it. That was my thinking, too. I, I just to me, I, I would never I don't, I don't have a bad thing to say about Darby Allen as a wrestler or even as a performer, but I'm just questioning his choice of that. So, uh, same with you. I I'm no way shit talking him, but at the same time, come on, man. I, I like actually enjoy some of Darby's stuff. So I would like to see him in 10 years still doing this, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's the problem though. Does his style lend himself the ability to be able to do this in 10 years? Like, okay. So I've made it abundantly clear on the show. I think, the greatest professional wrestler of all time, based on uh, a few factors, is Chris Jericho. And it's because, A, he has built, he's been successful everywhere he's gone. And he's gone right. a lot of places, yeah. multiple countries, multiple promotions. And he always gets it. He can reinvent himself bi-weekly if he wanted to. Yeah. He can always, he knows, yeah, he knows the ring work. He knows the headlocks he can do the lion salt he can you know all these things no problem he can do all that stuff but at the same time he's gotten older and he knows his finisher is a back elbow and mm -hmm. you know he's like you know he doesn't have to do the code breaker anymore if he doesn't want to because it's you're you're just flat backing yourself you're taking a bump for no reason that's your finisher why are you taking the bump for basically you know so now he's like I just got a back elbow the man's intelligent to know I'm going to do this for 30 years because I'm not killing myself. You, yeah. you know, I mean, so Mike, what do you, I mean, do you think a performer of the style of Darby Allen has the longevity to do that? I mean, obviously we see Jeff out there now, but I mean, it, it's still a shadow of Jeff, honestly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, see, that's, that's the thing is, <laughs> Oh God. Um, Every time I see Jeff go to the ring and he still continues to do the things that he did 20 years ago, mm -hmm. like it, it hurts my heart because he's not adapting. He's not changing things up right. because I right. guess he feels that he will not be to the level that he once was if he doesn't work that exact same style. But like you, you can see the, uh, the drop off. Like he's, he's older. He's going to be a little bit, I mean, it, it, it's not, it's not me talking down on him. It's just a fact. No, no, of course not. Yeah. You get older and age, you know, your, your speed is not what it once was. And like, he just, but by the same token, I don't know that, I don't know that Jeff Hardy could be anything other than Jeff Hardy. It, that's, right. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's the, that's the thing. I mean, first of all, like you said, Hey, I'm 46 next month. I'm 340. I can't get up and down like I normally could. I, I, I used to be 300 some odd pounds and could, you know, it was, was fairly flexible and fairly agile for my size. Now I'm not, you know, it, uh, but, but with Jeff and I won't, he's not new school, obviously, but that's the thing is like he and Matt learned in the backyard and 
now, I don't know if Jeff could have a regular wrestling match. I don't know if he has the skill set. Oh, I got because of that. Yeah. Yeah. But would it be here's my, and again, I'm not talking shit about nobody. I've never bumped. I don't know. But the, the point is though, is that, um, could Jeff still tell a proper good story working a Jericho style match or a, uh, Moxley style match or a, um, uh, some of the, the last HBK matches that he had, you know, could, could, could he work those type of matches and would he, would it work or would he, you know, or would, would he shit the bed on him? You know what I mean? Like I, I, that's the kind of stuff that worries me. Like you got Evan Bourne, for example, my, uh, Matt Seidel, he's still doing, I mean, he's been doing it for a while, but he still has to do his flips and, and, and everything. And it, it's just like, Hey folks, slow down. You know, you get older, you've got to learn to work smarter. It, it's, it's work. You don't have to kill yourself every time. I don't know. That's my two cents on that. Then again, I also can't do any of that stuff. So yeah. Um, and again, this isn't a bash anybody, you know, podcast by no means, you know, but it's just, I, how it, often do I get to talk to a, 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 a professional wrestler of, you know, uh, you, you've put in your time, you, you know, how often do I get to say these things to someone who can look at me and go, you're an idiot or what have you, you know? Yeah. Um, as far as Jeff having a, a, a Jericho style match, I wouldn't wish that on anybody. Um, <laughs> so you yeah. don't agree with me about Jericho. Okay. okay. No, no, I, right. It's fair. It's fair. You know, and, and, and Jericho, yes, he's made money. But uh, I, as far as being on top and longevity, I don't think Jericho's made near the money that uh, others have. And in the last two years, I've watched him kill more young talent in AEW just to get himself over than I've seen him elevate. <laughs> oh, throwing bombs here. Okay, I like it. I respect that. To okay. Add to that before we before we move on, I used to give a shit about seeing Daniel Garcia on AEW television. Now, since he's aligned with Jericho, he looks like a clown. Yeah, he he does he does, and so does two point and so does Hager. But I kind of, and just to play devil's advocate, I kind of think that's the point is to look like a bunch of bojos because they are absolutely 100% mocking WWE, you know, even with the intro where, uh, Oh, what the hell is his name? Uh, that magic, Daddy, daddy, magic, Matt Menard, even, you know, he, he even does the thing where he's like, you know, the Jericho society, you know, for over 10 weeks, the number one, you know, force and sports entertainers or something. I mean, directly. So I wonder if them looking like a bunch of, jackasses is kind of the point though yeah but what mike's saying is essentially it's not the storyline it's what's underneath the storyline it's what's jericho's i, I guess okay. ulterior motive and i don't want to put words in your mouth mike but like he kind of did that with pride and powerful and ortiz and santana and sammy, sammy. guevara i'm a jericho fan I'll, I'll probably always be a jericho fan but at the same time if i'm misinterpreting what you mean mike please straighten me out there but no it, it it's his and again i'm i'm a, a jericho fan as well used to be a jericho fan as well but it's like this this younger talent every situation that he's worked with like he's brought them down to keep himself relevant 
if that makes sense, so hmm. that he stays in the spotlight. Like just anybody that he's been aligned with, like I just instantly just don't care about after after he starts working with them or alongside them. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So, so in the old school theoretical term, there have been those that have absorbed the powers of the youth and those that have uplifted the powers of the youth. And essentially there are those that, that realized their time in the sun is not technically, it's not infinite. It's, you know, it's coming to a close. So they start to say, okay, here's what I can do to do everything in my power to put these guys over and make them look great. But in turn, you know, I I almost feel like the inner circle possibly, and I don't want to assume, I don't know that the inner circle started out in that way, but it certainly seemed like how it ended. And now, you know, like I've heard Chris Michaels and, you know, Mike and I both know Chris and Chris is one of the most respected guys in the Nashville scene, uh, in wrestling in the, you know, independent wrestling scene, Chris had nothing but amazing words to say about 2.0. And I am in a sense enjoying that they're getting a, a spotlight on them, but I just hope he doesn't do what you're saying. I just hope that it can turn into something that will uplift them, you know? Yeah, like I said, you got to make stars for the future, and Jericho doing all the comedic bullshit is not going to make anybody want to buy tickets, guys. Yeah. uh, let's do what they call in the business a segue (laughs) that you said, because you said comedic bullshit, and let's talk about Danhausen for a second. Oh God! <laughs> Here we First go. Of all, uh, I, I am a self-proclaimed Danhausen Mark. I'm a fan of Danhausens, and uh, partially because I just like the man Danhausen. Because to hear a story of he worked hard, he wanted to do something, he couldn't. He just it wasn't happening. He couldn't find it. He couldn't put it together. And just kept chugging along and chugging along and chugging along until he finally did something that, you know, got him to where he's at now. He didn't give up. He kept working. I respect a hell out of that. Second of all, I like the character. I like the gimmick. I think it's fun. I think it's funny. And I have seen some of his, I've seen his work before he was quote unquote Dan Housen. And I've seen his work while he was the evil version of Dan Housen. And I think he can work in the ring just fine. But my question to you is, I don't ever see him carrying like the the world championship strap, obviously. But what do you think his role? And we're just say AEW because that's where he is now. What do you think his role is going to be for that? I mean, is it something where he's like, well, I'll just be here and make as much money as I can and 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 do the ha ha, you know, laughy joke shit? Or do you think it's going to become something legit? I mean, wh- what's your what's your feelings on? I guess that gimmick. And if you were, let's play, let's play Booker for a second. If you were the Booker, what would you do with him? <laughs> I know what Mike would do with him, but oh, let me just say I, this. That's why I'm curious. I'm curious, you know, before, before my, Mike starts, I am also a fan of Dan Housen as a character. So go on, Mike. <laughs> okay. So he, he didn't give up. He's making a living in the wrestling business, and that's what he's doing to support himself. That's that's great. That's that's what we all hope to do. That's what we all hope to accomplish. And, uh, you know, he's on a national stage, and 
and I, I said all that to say this, Dan Housen. I kind of thought maybe that's where you're going with that. Uh, uh, <laughs> so he's not your cup of tea. Gotcha. Oh, okay. Uh, and, and, you know, in this, this, the, the professional <laughs> wrestling being the, the all inclusive and participation award trophy, everybody gets to play. If I walk past Dan Housen in Walmart and he tries to slap my wife on her ass, I'm going to beat the ever loving dog shit out of him. Fair. Okay. Fair. Yeah. Did, did, he, did so, he do that? Is he an ass slapper? But what my point on that is. Okay. Nobody like you see Bruiser Brody and and uh, the one man gang and and these guys from the past that were larger than life and people were like Terry Gordy. Right. People were scared of them. Yeah. Like the like. A lot of the Samoans. You like yeah. Dan Housen and that you agree with that shit. Like that's that's a, a slap in the face of guys that, you know, have broken their bodies and their in their 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 home life to perform in this business to make it believable. Like I'm not gonna sit here and say the level of believability is is what it was back in the eighties and nineties. But my point is yeah. You would see a professional wrestler is like, man, that's that's a legit dude. That's a bad dude. Right. You see right. this goofy shit with this this evil and all this other shit. Like, I tried to get into it. Uh, to, I tried to get into him because people, you know, I'd heard people talk about him. Like Cornette used to talk about him when he was doing cameos when he broke his leg. And it's like, man, I never want to see the guy work yeah. because then I'm not going to like him. Yeah. And I was kind of in the same the same vein, but they've never. I think a lot of it is a breakdown of communication. Nobody understands what, who, or what the f the guy is because they've never, like, since he got to AEW, nobody has ever explained what is, why is he wearing this face paint and why should we give a shit about this little um, 125 pounds? Do you mean the red under his eyes? <laughs> yeah, because the white and stuff, that's all natural. He's, he's, so, no, he's I, a, I get I get your point 100% because I have a buddy of mine, a real good close friend, who's the same. He's like, I, I, for a while, I was just, I'll send him a Dan house and text whatever. And he finally goes, look, I'm legit serious. If you send me another one, I'm going to fire you because he <laughs> happens to be my boss at the moment. So he, he hates him. And it, a lot of, I think a lot of what you said is, is kind of the way he feels too. And it's one of those things where, yeah, I, I, like I said, I like him. I like the campiness. I'm, uh, but I'm, I'm also a nerd. So I kind of like, you know, that kind of stuff, but you know, it, it's, it's, yeah, talk. I mean, tell us the story of him. All we know is that right. uh, he's supposed to be able to curse people, and he likes teeth, and that's about all we've been told in AEW. You know, it's it, so it's like, what's his? Why is he with Hook now? What's going on with this? I'm glad you brought that up. I listen. I don't know why Hook clicked with the people the way that he has. Yeah. Right? Okay. It's the first homegrown AEW quote-unquote star that i you know man they've got something with this kid i don't know why he's over the way he is but he's getting over let's see what they'll do with him and then they put him the, the they put him with that jag off yeah, yeah. I, I like i said i like them both and i even i'm still like what are we what the what's the end game to this so tell me this mike what do you think if they did this something and and you and i have chatted about this what if they what if you know vince hadn't killed the old school manager 
the Jimmy Hart. And again, it's still kind of funny to compare him to somebody like a Gary Hart or a Bobby that brain or a Jim Cornette. But just imagine if Dan Housen could have been a manager and that's all he was ever a manager that could take a bump. Would you maybe see him from a different perspective than you do at the moment? I don't see it, man, because like the manager, he, and, 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 you know, from where you work, like it's the, the, the manager, he is the, the conniving underhanded guy that is, is managing the guys and getting the guys to do what he wants them to do, whatever gain that he's, you know, getting out sure. of it. But, and I, I just, I can't take him serious. Yeah, it's yeah. true. That's why I think he needs to go into other character stuff outside of wrestling. I I personally could see him, and I love Ernest. I'm a big Ernest fan. Let's put him in Hollywood. And, I, you know, again, you're going to be like, I don't want to see him in a movie. But at the same time, that way he's no longer connected to wrestling, and those that like him can watch him in a movie or a TV. Like a Pee Wee Herman's Playhouse type of thing almost, something yeah. like that with him. It's yeah. more of a performance art. I guess I, you know, I could probably deal with him a little bit better because I can suspend disbelief for that. Right. Right. But as far as uh, being evil, intimidating force on the outside of a wrestling ring, (laughs) if that, if that mother walked up to you and spit you, spit in your face, like, like I've got a (laughs) ox that weigh more than he does. (laughs) <laughs> well, you got to remember, he's not just very evil. He's also very nice. So, right. you know, well, he's, yeah. it, it balances out. But, yeah. no, I, I, I get your point for sure, though. It's like you said, uh, especially in the era that, you know, you grew up watching wrestling, I'm sure you, you know, you see, like, uh, like I said, uh, the, you know, Harley Race. Harley would, would beat the shit out of somebody. You know, he was so, he was tough. There were tough men in professional wrestling. And then now you see, you know, this level of, uh, like I said, haha out there. I wish I could see Dan Housen walk up to Harley race with that crooked finger bullshit. <laughs> Harley <laughs> beat the f- out of him. You know what? All right. I'll, I'll jump off this topic and, uh, just, I don't want to be cursed. So I love that Dan Housen. Um, we go. I got to say one more thing. Yeah, go ahead. Dan Housen. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I'm not going to, I don't want any cut of this, but you might want to make yourself a gimmick shirt for that. Uh, to put it to gimmick table next time you get a chance. Maybe it's a good idea. Maybe you can, you and Housen can get some, uh, some, get some, uh, some, some time together or something. I don't know. That might, might work out. Let's, let's take uh, a commercial break here. All right. <laughs> if you're a pro wrestling fan, there's something for everyone at the cheap heat TV podcast network. From the Pro Wrestling Discussion Show, Cheap Heat TV Live, to the Interview Show, the Jackson Interaction Podcast with the king of all wrestling media, Gene Jackson, to the silliness of the Whitey Jenkins Show, and the brand new Zip, Xander's Irresistible Podcast with Charles Anders, you can check them all out and much more over at CheapHeatTVLive.com.
Are you a pro wrestling fan? Well, stop by Captain's Corner where you can get autographed photos, cards, magazines, and figures from all of your favorite wrestling superstars of the past, present, and future. You'll also be able to participate in live signings in the weeks and months to come. Make sure to stop by Captain's Corner on Facebook and give us a holler. Remember, cheers to the working man. Welcome to the Monster Movie Stomp Down with me, Stompy, and my brother, Frank. Hi, I'm Frank. Join us, Sludge, Mark, and Ruben, three times a month as we review monster movies from around the world. And don't forget about the monthly contest and Triple I. Not only that, Frank, but you will find extra content like the Underdogs, Monster Mash Wednesdays, and the Friday Night Fights, each week exclusively on our Facebook and Instagram. So, please join us at the Monster Movie Stop Down. Your one-stop chomp for monster movie reviews, news, interview, trivia, laughs, and of course me, Stompy. And Frank. All right, we're back here on Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling. Myself, Jimmy, and our special guest, Mike Jablonski. Mike. Now that we kind of have a feel for your interest in the modern product, with all that being said, if you could work a match with anyone right now, current roster, current working rosters, who would it be? Who is like a dream match kind of thing for you still? And, uh, and then to follow up on that, you said you broke in in 99. What do you still want to accomplish before you finally, you know, decide that that's it? Well, as far as the dream uh, match. I think I'm a part of a uh, tag team by the name of Bad Omen, myself, and uh, Coco Anderson, the knockout artist. Um, we've had a lot of conversation um, just back and forth amongst each other. We would really like to get in the ring with uh, FTR. Yeah, who oh, yeah. wouldn't? As far as the measuring stick for tag team wrestling, um, I'm very hard pressed to find anybody any better than they are at this at this level right now and i Mm -hmm. i really wish that the uh people that are making the decisions at aew would get their heads out of their butts because as far as tag team wrestling that's the that's the the team right now yeah totally do more with them and let them showcase that yeah Uh, ftr is fantastic yes as uh far as things left for me to accomplish um you know i'm i'm 42 i'll be 43 in january um you know i i've i've settled down i've had you know i've i've made my family i've got my wife i've got my kids um and the lifestyle of being on the road is uh not something that uh i'm really with so much anymore, you know, being, you know, having the family or whatever, I, I do my shots out in West Tennessee every Saturday night. And, uh, I'm happy with that. Um, if, uh, I had the opportunity to go to a major company, um, you know, that, you know, that would be awesome, but I don't see it being in the cars for myself at this stage of my career. Um, I enjoy helping with the the training of the young men and women that we have at the uh, Pro Wrestling Mid-South Training School and kind of giving back to the business. 
at this point, that's 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 really the biggest badge of honor when when you see kids start to 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 click and get it, so to speak. So um, that's that's kind of what I'm striving for as of late is to pass the business on and have it be in good hands for the younger generation that are coming up. Yeah. Mike, you know, I know you know a lot about the indie guys right now, especially in your neck of the woods. We've talked about Toby Farley several times in the past, and I think the world of that kid, I've seen him grow from barely being able to want to take his T-shirt off to now he's even in my neck of the woods in North Carolina wrestling. Who are some of the guys that you see as up and comers to take kind of your position? Not, Not to say, you know, they're going to take it, but you know what I mean? To, to take over, carry the torch. Yeah. 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 Um, wow. It's dead silence. Uh, nobody really. That's right. We got uh, editing. <laughs> out. Um, but see, everything is so, everything is so just, uh, pasteurized and homogenized and they, they right. done a certain way as far as on a national level. Um, it's like there's so many talented guys out there that just don't get the opportunity to showcase with the, what they're truly capable of. And that's, that's, that's kind of a shame. Um, I look at guys like the acclaimed, um, Max Caster and, um, Anthony Bowens. Yeah. Uh, I, they, they show a lot of promise. Um, I haven't really watched the, uh, the NXT product ever since they switched over to, Nickelodeon XT. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for saying that. Uh, so I, I'm not really familiar with them um, as much. Uh, just and as far on a local level, um, like you said, you've got guys like Toby Farley, who I love to death, even though he did no show Rumble for Row. Oh man, gotcha. Uh, let's see. Uh, Man, really, one guy, well, there's two guys that I, I really um, have my eyes on of late. And, and, well, it's been the last couple of years because I've seen them both develop into to quite good performers. But out of my neck of the woods in pro wrestling Mid-South, there's Peyton Pee-wee Pitts and uh, Thud Powell. And both of those guys are in their early to mid-20s and – Man, they've been working since they were in their teens, and they just they get it. Man, they're they're that next generation. I really could see them being on a national stage. You know, Pee Wee Pee Wee is a, on the smaller side, but he's the the cocky, arrogant, smarmy heel that everybody loves to hate. And Thud is just a, a bruiser. He you talk about making somebody believe what they're watching thud's got that ability as well anyone named thud man i'm i'm behind 100 percent. anyone named thud man <laughs> uh you know i've i've teamed with him like uh thud is a he's he just he needs the opportunity to get out and be seen and he he, he would absolutely be able to do wonderful things but yeah man there's 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 so much talent like i said i don't I don't begrudge any of the new guys that are coming up because a lot of them are talented. It's just, it's, it's that intangible of taking a minute to let things breathe and let people get emotionally invested in, and being vulnerable and, um, 
making someone vulnerable that is a missing art from our business and somehow we got off track um and and making that the focal point whereas now the focal point is well i can do a whole bunch of triple jump moonsaults um like it's just the the storytelling has has gone and that's something that desperately needs to come back yeah yeah that's that's cool i remember back in the day when i always would wanted to take you and plunkett on as a tag team and i was like man i feel like if we the three of us this was probably just something i said to myself but if the three of us could take it on the road and really get some people to see it not that i would i would just want to be along for the ride but if i just feel like you two would have been a, a killer tag team that honestly could have really you know because you you know you you're a little bigger than him but at the same time plunky has had his bigger days too i don't know man i see some of the bigger tag teams like what was it the the bears or what's their tag team name bear, oh bear uh bear country bear yeah bear i see i see that team and i'm thinking man there was a spot for that for sure you know but oh yeah Oh yeah. Well, you know what, as we get towards the end of this here and getting ready to wrap things up, I want to thank Mike for coming on. Uh, you know, it was, it was great to talk with you. Great to meet you. And it was great to get your perspective on, on some of the things and the modern product that's out there right now. Um, FTR, you, you nailed it. I, I was always a huge tag team fan. Uh, although I was the I was the one I was the fan that liked Anvil more than Brett. You know, I was that kid. Um, I guess mostly because he was just the big bruiser, and I like that because I'm a big dude. Uh, but you know, I really appreciate you coming on, Jimmy. Thanks for you know you, you don't get to say thanks. You know the guy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get to thank you, Mike. I'm sorry, man. Yeah, you know? sorry, Mike. That's just the way it works now, man. I don't well, do Mike, tell them where they I'm, can find you. I'm dangerous. Social. I'm allowed to say things like that, right? <laughs> I, I come on y'all's podcast and Jimmy doesn't even thank me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's how Jimmy is. You know, he's a heel. I mean, what are you going to do? I, I learned how to be a heel from Mike, though. So, Mike, uh, Mike, plug your plug your uh, plug your stuff, man. All right, you can uh, see me each and every Saturday night at Pro Wrestling Mid-South in Dyersburg, Tennessee. You can follow me on Twitter at, at Jablonski Says. You can follow me on Instagram at Jablonski Picks. Um, you can find me on Facebook. It's just Mike Jablonski. Um, and uh, I got a TikTok handle, but I can't remember it right off the top of my head. Which doesn't really matter. Because <laughs> I yeah, we did TikTok. We don't do that nonsense. Yeah. Either. Thank y'all for having me on tonight. Thank you for letting me talk wrestling with you. Wrestling. Yeah, no, we'll have you back on and talk more wrestling in the future. Uh, Jimmy, go ahead and thank him. It's fine. Yeah, Mike, thanks, brother. You know, you're you're thanked and 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 well thought of around these parts and always welcome. In my mind, I see a regular happening of this for sure. So whenever whenever something fun comes up and we need you to talk about it, we're going to have that. Whether it's the actual of Danhausen or not? Yeah, you know, we'll I, I, I'm real bummed now because I wanted to ask you about the Freddie Prince thing and if you think that's going to be a legit thing. But now we've talked for so talk long and talk about. What, what do you think about the Freddie Prince thing? It. You think that's coming out? You think it's going to happen? I think people have been talking about doing a wrestling promotion with health insurance and a union for a long time. I have conditioned myself in this business to never say never, but I'll believe it when I see it. 
Well, yeah. I mean, people, everyone, everyone seems to say that AEW was a step in the right direction, just the way that they handle things backstage. Um, so maybe Freddie Prince is ready to make another next step. I don't know. Who like knows? Me. Like I said, never say never, but I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. So, all right, we're going to go ahead and say goodbye to Mike. Bye, Mike. Do you have any last last words by any chance? No, man. I think I've covered everything that I needed to say other than thank you all for inviting me on and look forward to doing it again. Sounds yeah, great. Buddy. Thanks so much, bud. All right. Thank you all. See, bud. That's awesome. I knew That's he was going to be. Thanks, I Mike. It. That, was, was, that like, was amazing, bud. We definitely got to have you on here more often. Hey, this is the one-man goldmine, the one-man enterprise of professional wrestling and all entertainment, Flynn Hendricks. And you better believe when I'm looking for a good podcast to listen to, I go to my own. I go to the I Know You Hear Me podcast hosted by me, Flynn Hendricks. That is such a fresh perspective for how you should look at life, too. Like, I just, I love that. And then when I'm feeling spooky, I go to my other podcast, Tales from the Haunt, where myself, yeah. I want my head shoved inside a 15-pound silicone mask more you know i want to have a bucket of sweat coming off me at the end of the night and just jeff dogs don't lay eggs <laughs> i hate you so much talk to other scare actors about what it takes to get into the world of scare acting so if you're curious about how people became professional wrestlers actors prioritized their mental health became entrepreneurs avoided burnout or got into scare acting, you need to go check out I Know You Hear Me and Tales from the Haunt, available on all podcasting platforms. And I know you hear me. I can figure. All right, that was awesome. Thanks, Mike, for being on. Really appreciate it. The big picture. Now we're going to switch over to the big Big, big, big segment of the show. Everyone's favorite, the Plastic Chic. What's up, guys? How y'all doing? We're hey, good. Hey, what's going on? Hey, uh, uh, humble anyone lately? Make him humble. Um, not that I know of. Okay, humble. Humble, dude. <laughs> You're a Let lot me... less humbling, uh, wanting to humble as the, uh, the other Chic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't have that, uh, I don't have that pedigree, I guess, that he has with, uh, you don't want to humble him the old, the old <laughs> yeah. way, the old country way. I can't do those. I can't do those. Uh, what is it? Persian clubs. I can't the clubs. I was just thinking about that. Uh, Jimmy needs to make you some out of the, remember them plastic bowling pins we'd get as kids when you'd set them up into the go. bowling ball, get you a couple of those. You can do those. We'll put that on Instagram. Yeah. I think that's it, man. <laughs> I think that's it. You know, keep up with the shorts on YouTube. He's doing excellent work there. You know, I feel like you're adding viewers for us and, and listeners, I should say. So thank you for that, Judd. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I hope I'm doing a little something. I, I enjoy making those little videos. Um, it's a, it can be quite fun to track down old segments of wrestling in the, in the nineties, especially it, uh, yeah, done some of the '80s, but a lot of the '90s and the, the can, Monday Night Wars heyday. So, can yeah. I can I make a a short chic short request? Yeah, of course. All right, so we try to uh, with the shorts. I see you're trying to honor and highlight tentpole moments. I'm and, trying to yeah, and professional professional wrestling. 
Yeah, absolutely. All right. So there's two moments or three moments that, um, still get me every time, uh, goosebumps every time. Uh, one of them is attitude error. One is a little bit of a newer error and one is modern. And so the attitude error one is the, the, um, the Royal rumble that stone cold was in. And he, I think it's the second one. He would pitch him out and then sit on the, the turnbuckle looking at his, his non-existent watch yeah. waiting for him. Yeah. And so would show up, but he grabbed me, he pitched them back out and he'd get back up on the turnbuckle and wait that I, that moment is still one of my favorites. Okay. One of my other big favorite moments. And this will come, this is where my Mark, uh, comes into play here. Uh, when punk comes back with the title still, Right. And first time we hear cult of personality and everything in WWE. Yeah. And then of course, when he came back in AEW, we'll try those. Yeah. that, that moment, that moment was still one of those. I mean, gimmick work is still in there, obviously in kayfabe to an extent, but it's one of those things where with punk, it, it's one of those moments that really still worked. Like we knew he was going to be there, but did we know he was going to be there? Like I didn't know a hundred percent until I saw him coming out of the tunnel. Yeah. Not when I heard the music, not when people started chanting, not his IG stuff earlier in the day. None of that. I did not believe a damn bit of it until I saw him walk through the tunnel. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, those are some of those moments for me. Yeah. yeah. We'll try it. We'll see what we can do. Um, just to warn you though, those, those first two moments you requested WWF can be copyright. Uh, monsters. And, yeah, oh, I'm sure. Product, yeah. So, but they yeah, the product, yeah, I get so. it. Uh, actually, you know, and one we'll of the other best another big moment of mine is when uh, Claudio Castagnoli. Uh, uh, I, I yelled at him and told him that uh, he looked like like he was a sissy, and he told me he wasn't because he just killed a man, and uh, that was homicide. <laughs> so that happened once. <laughs> can you find that one, that one on video. <laughs> yeah, actually you can find that on video it's an roh uh show from dayton okay uh 10 years ago 11 years ago something like that cool yeah so, well, I'll, I'll i'll try to look for it well you good luck good luck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right let's get into, uh, i'll start uh, i'll stop uh uh flapping my gums here chic what do you got for us this week well, I just wanted to, um, one thing I wanted to talk about, you know, I talked about those Powertown brand uh, uh, figures that Greg Gagne and um, I can't remember the other guy, was the guy's name, Rosenthal, maybe, uh, yeah. are kind of reviving kind of the historic things. There, there's there's some new figures that, that have been announced in that. And, Ooh. Um, George South was an interesting one. I know there's never been a George South figure. Oh, right. Uh, yeah. Rock and Robin, Jake the Snake's sister. Really? Um, yeah. Um, you, you know how old I was. You know how old I was when I remember when I found out that Rock and Robin and Sam Houston were related to Jake. Forty-five like, today. Uh, Forty-four, <laughs> I think. Yeah, yeah. It was close. I did. I had yeah, no but, idea. I knew I Jake's dad was. was yeah, I mean, I knew yeah. he was. A, he was second generation, but I didn't. I had no idea. Yeah, I'd, I'd heard that because of the Sam Houston being his brother and that kind of thing. I, I'd heard that a few years back, but yeah, I get it. Anyway, that's I'm cool, man. Sure, and I'm pretty sure there's a Bobby Heenan maybe even coming with that. So nice. nice. Okay, that'll be awesome. Anything Heenan, I'll take, you know. I'll, oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. 
I know Jimmy will the, disagree oh, with me, yeah. but I still think Ian was the greatest manager of all time. Oh, no, I won't disagree with that at all. I just like Gary Hart better, but Heenan is the GOAT, 100%. You know, it's like you can agree that Jordan's the greatest of all time, but you might like Magic Johnson better or whatever. That's the way I look at it. So, sure, yeah. sure. I, yeah, Heenan, I just, uh, there was, I don't think anyone even close, honestly. Yeah, yeah, he's the greatest. And, and his mic work as far as, as a heel mic in the broadcasting was I don't know that there's anybody even close. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Totally agree. Totally agree. So those are some got, cool man? figures. Yeah. What else you got for us? Um, so I've got, uh, I wanted to do some, maybe like Sheik's purchases of the last little thing. I know we um, talked about that as a series for like Instagram or something like that, but I kind of, yeah. I got a ringside order in the other day and I kind of wanted nice. to share some of those things. And, um, can we, can we call them the purchase for the, the chic week purchase? There you go. Whatever. <laughs> well, that's, that's a good, that's a good filler. If we don't keep it long-term. Yeah. Good, I don't know. I was, I was playing <laughs> old yogurt for weeks, so I don't know if I'm good at naming Now you're dangerous Dan Colley. That's, that's <laughs> true. That's true. Yeah. So I got the, um, I've almost completed my first series of the WWE superstars with my Mad Hatter Bray Wyatt. Um, Nice. Okay, can you can you can please while you're talking about that, can you explain just what in the hell all that I was? Know. I mean, he was in it. He was like this for one segment on Raw at least. I mean, there's all I can remember, like on one of those Firefly Funhouse videos. <laughs> right, it was yeah, a like Funhouse seg. Yeah, and it's like I don't know if they had big plans for this, and either he didn't. I don't know if that. I don't, I don't know. I mean. I'm still, every time Tony Khan says he has a big announcement, I expect it to be Bray Wyatt, and then it kind of falls short a little bit, and it's nothing against some of the other people, but none of those have been as big as Tony Khan. throw the big announcement word out there a lot of times. I'm like, eh. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. He does, and with the Joker, as we record this, we we had a wild card Wednesday last night on Dynamite. The men's Joker, everyone was excited uh, it could have been Gargano. It could have been Cesaro. No, it's yeah. it's Johnny Nitro or Johnny yeah. Mundo or Johnny Elite or Boone the Bounty Hunter or whoever the hell he is this week. And yeah. I I always kind of liked his work. Did you did you guys see the match? Either one of you? Yeah, I did see the match, yeah. but I did see that he he appeared. I, I was going to check it out later. Jimmy, um, did you see him on the the turnbuckle directing Joe to where to stand yeah. to take the top rope moon? <laughs> right. I was like. Yeah. Dude, yeah. you've got 20 years. Joe is no greenhorn. What in the hell are you doing? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. All right. What do you got? What else you got for Sheik from ringside? Um, so I got, um, this is from ringside as well. I got uh, a Jushin Thunder Liger. They have all Ooh. kinds of different colors. I got the green Jushin Thunder Liger. I think it's one of a thousand. I was looking on here to make sure, but it's got the, like the green outfit with the, uh, like silver shoulder pads and everything like that. He's, oh, very nice. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I always love collectibles. Liger. Yeah. That's, that's an awesome fig. Yeah. So I've been, very I've cool. been eyeing this for a while and I, and I finally took the jump on there. I think it was a Memorial day sale maybe or something like that. To, um, nice. It, yeah. Um, I got a, uh, I think I got a, this may not be, this may be little sheeps, uh, eventually, but I got a, Lance Archer, uh, AEW Unrivaled. 
it was a damage package, I think. So I got that. So nice. That yeah. Might, that might be going to the little sheet to crack open. To, sure. All right. Yeah, very cool. That. Hey, that's my guy. And everything like that. So quite. I'm, I'm his manager. Quite, quite. And he, and he looks like, uh, you know, taller than the normal figures to scale. So it's all good. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I hate when they don't scale things correctly. Drives me yeah, nuts. Like it. WWE I think that was bad. Went away. been bad for that. Mattel has been bad for that sometimes with um, some of their. Yeah, it's like, oh. uh. It depends on the line, I think. They they seem to do like, you know, Mattel is far from perfect, definitely, but I still think they're probably number one in the game as of yet, you know. Um, right but now. we'll see. Right I mean, now. I would love to have something else out there that would be better. Again, you know, coming from a, I, got, I like to look at them. And when there's things like recently, I heard, I, read about on a the undertaker that's got a it's like his american badass costume on Mm. and apparently you can see like there's a black tank top from the top but if you look under it's like open skin so there's like a soft good it's not soft goods but it's like hard goods that's like extra to the body not a part of the mold and you can see his belly button. So it looks like he has a crop top on. It's kind of, no. I don't know. We're going to have to find that and show them. The, the American that. soft ass. It sounds like. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's gross. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing else for it. Except that's gross. I don't want yeah. to. I got, I, got, um, I got one more I want to share with you guys. Okay. And it's, yeah. uh, it's, it didn't come from ringside. I had, I'm, I was going to order the um, AEW Sting Luminaries mm-hmm. off of ringside, but it's like back ordered to like July and I didn't want to wait. So I, I, I saw one on Walmart the other day and I was like, okay, I'll take that. And it's the Luminaries, but it's the, um, the, uh, it's the, it's the one with the Darby Allen, half Darby Allen paint. Mm, yeah. That's a cool fig for sure. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I guess this is the uh, chase in it. Um, yeah. Because he doesn't have the trench coat in this one. Uh, he just got the. You guys he just has the body it. suit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know everybody on. I know everybody listening can't hear, see it, but you guys can see it. He's got the yeah. bat, and uh, he's got the half Sting paint and the half Darby Allen paint. So it, yeah. it's pretty. It's pretty slick figure the way they did that. So. Yeah, it was. I loved when they did that live. That was awesome. That was a really good idea. And I tell you, I tell you one thing that has made me happy, and uh, it is how well AEW has treated Sting. Mm-hmm. They have done it right with him. Honestly, I, 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 they might could have done a little better here and there, but not much. I mean, the, with the way I feel like WWE did his run, I enjoy destroying lives. And you know, oh, yeah. short with the neck injury and everything like that. Um, but man, it just didn't feel like they did it right. And AEW is like really giving him his swan song. I feel like, yeah, I, I I feel with, with all the, um, uh, quote unquote legends that AEW have brought in that are still there or even gone like Tully. I think that they've, they've done a pretty good job with using them correctly. I mean, the only thing I'll say with Sting is it, it's hard to buy 68-year-old Sting or however old he is now beating up some of these, you know, younger kids. I, I mean, I know you're Sting, and it's professional wrestling. I, I get it. Yeah. But at the same time, I mean, it's like, 
I mean, Anthony Bowens is probably would probably just rip your head off if you wanted to. He, you know, uh, so to see some of that is a little, uh, you know, I like the fact that I, I like there's a aura about him and, and some intimidation. That's cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm with that. And I'm cool with him throwing himself off a balcony to take somebody out because that's feasible that if you get hit by somebody from a balcony, you're going to get taken out. But when he can just go like hold for hold with some of these younger guys, I'm just like, eh, really? Yeah. But, but Dan, to, to maybe just be the, uh, the argument there. Sure. You, you got to treat him like Scott Hall kind of wanted him to be when he kind of suggested how Sting should be. He's got to be the, the answer to the undertaker. So the undertaker, no matter how old he was or how he looked in the ring was always that, you know, he's going to be, he's going to get that invincibility moment where mm-hmm. you, where you have like the, uh, the Hulk uh, up moment. Yeah. The Hulk up moment where you can't, yeah. you know, nothing can stop him. So, um, yeah. That's just my counter to it, but I I don't disagree totally with you, but no, yeah, no. And I I understand exactly what you're saying. I mean, if you're going to, if you're going to look at it that way, there's probably only three, uh, professional wrestlers that, that really made sense for, and that would have been Hogan taker and sting. I'll give you that. Like even flair didn't have those moments, you know? Uh, So yeah, I, I, I'll agree with that. Yeah. Flair always took the beating. So, Oh yeah. Yeah. And that face bump. Yeah, totally. You know, speaking of flair, did he ever once actually hit anything off the top rope? No, I don't think so. That was the whole spot though. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Right. I mean, but he never actually hit anything. No. And I mean, that's (laughs) his whole point was, is he was like, I shouldn't, I never belonged up there anyway. So the whole point of it would be to, uh, we've got plenty to say about flair, but, (laughs) <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the podcast The progeny of the plastic cheek The apple of his eye Doesn't fall far from the tree The plastic cheek junior What's up, What's up buddy? plastic cheek junior? Little little cheek Is this your first podcast interview? Yeah Okay, well we're glad to have you on buddy So this is my nephew <laughs> Yeah. So we had a question we thought we would ask you. What's your favorite current wrestling figure that you have right now? Um, uh, probably Seth Rollins. He's got a retro Seth Rollins, the, the Hasbro S. Hold it up there. But Jimmy now let's see it. Oh. Okay. Nice. That's awesome. He likes Matt Dempsey Goldberg. He likes to he likes to play with my uh, old Hasbro figures, and uh, he he uses these with them. And we found this at a pretty good deal on Walmart.com that they still had some. I, I guess they found them from all the times they never had these in stores. <laughs> yeah, nice. So, so he likes Seth Rollins, and oh, that looks like oh. Uncle Jimmy. <laughs> yeah, is that? Is that Wait a minute, is that Uncle Jimmy or is that Goldberg? <laughs> Jimmy or Goldberg? Goldberg. Oh, oh okay. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, that, yeah. That, make, that makes more sense. You know, yeah. I, I once met Goldberg and Seth Rollins. Nice. Met them both not right not right. together at different times, but I, yeah, I met them both at one time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're both really nice. Well, uh, Goldberg was a little nicer than Seth Rollins, but Seth was okay too. Yeah. Well, well, when, uh, well when he was in his mommy's belly, we met Ric Flair. Woo! 
So I think that's why he's such a big wrestling fan. So there it is. <laughs> yeah, you like Ric Flair? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's nice. saying yes. He's nodding the head. I, I saw him shaking his head. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for hanging out with us, little bud, little chic. Thank, thank you for you. coming on, buddy. I love you. <laughs> see you, right. bud. We'll see you soon, okay, bud. Hey, tell mommy happy birthday from the podcast, okay? <laughs> All right. That was awesome. See, professional wrestling to me was always a family thing. My grandfathers and I watched it. My mom and I watched it. It was always a family thing. So to include family members on this show is fantastic. I'm I'm down for it. I got the idea when I was going to talk about my purchases. So he's always on my mind when I'm making purchases. So I'm like, well, he might like this. <laughs> That that's <laughs> awesome. And, and, uh, yes, uh, tell your wife, happy birthday, Mrs. I, uh, Mrs. P- uh, plastic chic. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the plastic chic, she cat. I guess. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> is, what that the, is that the term? I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know either. So tell her happy birthday and, uh, be careful with headlocks later. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, that leads us into uh, our final segment. We will see you later, bro. All right. All right. right. Later, guys. Appreciate it. Later, buddy. And that's the plastic chic. There he goes. Off into a chicdom. Is it a chicdom? It is a harem. No, I don't know. No, no, no. Harem is where all the chicks are. Yeah. So I better know. Would would it be chic? I don't know. Anyway, he's going to go enjoy some cake. Figure sold separately. Ooh, man. I'm spent. I, I was going to kick out it too, but I couldn't, I was just worn out now from all of that. You know what? I, I, Jimmy, I, for, I, I screwed up. I should have asked Mike what his finisher was. We'll get him next time, man. I, I, I wish I, I could I, tell you, but you know, yeah, we'll have to find out next time. So make sure everyone go out there and follow Mike. If you're in the area, go see him. Uh, if you're not just get on the socials and follow him that way. Thank you, Mike, for coming on. That was awesome. Uh, Jimmy, as we wrap things up, the Sheik's eating cake. Uh, I haven't actually had dinner yet. Uh, Okay. Not that anyone cares. Uh, But I do need to get off here and get something to eat pretty soon. So, Jimmy, why don't you go ahead and wrap things up for us, bud? All right. Well, thank you, as always, to Captain's Corner, Nick and the team there. Top-notch stuff. Check them out on Facebook. You can always see the link in the notes of our shows. Also, to Gene and the team at the Cheap Heat TV Podcast Network. Once again, top-notch guys. They've got new shows. They're new characters, new positive Xander. I I love it all. They're doing really cool stuff. Y'all go and support them. As always, we support the Give Me Back My Podcast Network. We've got a ton of shows, action, horror, wrestling, monsters, monster stomping mm-hmm. and good beer bad movies i think we need to do bad beer good wrestling but we'll bad talk beer. about that later uh, yeah there's there's some bad beer out there yes yeah and we'll just drink it and watch wrestling maybe we'll anyway. have Pete, you know maybe we'll have Pete come on we'll drink something from el Sangundo a brewing company and watch uh, uh no holds barred yeah, Pete put me off until Cinco de Mayo of next year. So, we'll, yeah. I mean, I offered it to him a couple times, and he's like, <laughs> how about this? And so he, he he wants to extend it that far. Maybe he's that busy. It's cool. I'm busy. He it's is, all good. So, he is pretty busy, yeah. So. so no worries. So, yeah, I know you hear me. Tales from the Haunt, great podcast, every one of them. You all know the spiel. 
and we're glad you know it. And once again, thanks to Dean Hill for the podcast commercial that he read for us. Truly means the world. Really super high class stuff and really means the world to us, Dean. So thank you. Dean, thank you for the name. You can follow yeah. me. You can follow me on Instagram now at let's get dangerous Dan. Awesome. And there's a, there's an underscore under each one of those uh, words there. Uh, you can find us on the Facebook. You can follow the chic on YouTube. Yep. And, uh, until then, I guess till next week, I, I'm, I don't, I don't know what else to really, um, I was going to say something, but I I don't know now. Oh, Hey, speaking of the podcast network, check out Frank and Stompy, a Stompy guy. For some reason, I just, I don't know. I click with him. I think I'm more of a Frank guy. Yeah, I could see that. I can see that. All right, folks, for myself, for Jimmy, for the Sheik, for the the little Sheik, and for Mike Jablonski, thanks for listening. See you next next time, two weeks. Fight forever. With a tear in my eye, this is the greatest moment in my life. This has been a James Rock Street production.